Walking distance is supported by Gosmer Gear. On my recent shakedown hike on the Superior Hiking Trail, I had big wind on a ridge. But my Gossamer Gear trekking pole single tent called the One barely moved. At only 17 ounces, the One packs down to the size of a hamster. But it's bomb-proof with loads of room inside to sit up, store your gear, and stay dry and safe from the bugs. That's why Gossamer Gear is my choice for the Continental Divide Trail. Oh, and I'll carry it in the Gossamer Gear Gorilla 50-liter ultralight backpack. And as a listener of Walking Distance, you can score 15% off your next order at gossamergear.com. Just use the code WALKINGDISTANCE, and you'll get 15% off some of the highest quality lightweight gear out there. Walking Distance is your code on your next order at gossamergear.com. What's up, friends? I'm Miranda. This is Miranda in the Wild, and this video is going to cover hygiene for hiking and backpacking. What's up, friends? I'm Miranda, and this is another episode of Miranda in the Wild. A lot of you have requested a video on how to plan a backpacking trip. I'm going to cover how to plan a backpacking trip focusing on solo backpackers, mostly because if you can plan a solo trip, you can plan any trip. What's up friends, I am Miranda and we're here to talk about how to deal with your period in the backcountry. Can you go backpacking for $200 or less? I don't know if you can tell, but it's raining. Ah! My butt is wet. Let's find out. This is my show, gosh darn. From the trek, this is Walking Distance a show for hikers, trekkers, trampers, and wanderers that proves any place worth seeing can be reached by walking there, and that it's even better when you carry all you need in a backpack. I'm Blissful Hiker. Miranda Webster is the star of REI's YouTube series, Miranda in the Wild. With her signature sense of humor and ease in front of the camera, she's covered many topics of interest to us backpackers, like how to plan your first backpacking trip, easy meal prep, which stove to use, whether you should use trekking poles, what to wear, and most popular of all, how to poop in the woods. What's so endearing about Miranda is she's not afraid to just be herself, which sometimes includes a few burps and bleeped-out words. And she also shows us what it really looks like out on the trail, which isn't always quite as lovely as those glossy ads make it seem. Thousands of people watch her videos, including most recently a woman new to backpacking, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who gave Miranda's Instagram a big bump when she shared and tagged a couple of videos. Okay, first of all, I have to ask you right now. So AOC reposted you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, what did she repost and how do you feel? (laughs) Honestly, uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, If my like stuttering doesn't answer it already, I feel uh, like very honored, but also really surprised. So she... She went backpacking for the first time, I guess, last week and had gone to the REI in Soho, which I actually used to work at the REI in Soho in New York. And she'd gone there and gotten outfitted and went on this trip and answered a bunch of people's questions about how the first time was. And I guess a lot of people asked her about going to the bathroom in the outdoors. And um, it's sort of like unintentionally become my specialty to like talk about pooping and peeing and periods and the outdoors. So like definitely not my plan, but that's where <laughs> that's where it's gone. And uh, she reshared two of our videos. So one was like how to build a poop kit video and then also managing your period when you're backpacking. First of all, I was on the East Coast and she shared that story at like 10.30 at night. And so I was literally setting my alarm and going to sleep 
and I uh, got a message from someone saying, have you seen this yet? And I hadn't, I hadn't seen it. And, uh, so I replied to her and I just said, you know, thank you so much for the call out. And, um, she reshared another story and tagged me in it and asked for like other recommendations of, of people. And, uh, so yeah, it, I think is super cool. I love that. Like this series that we've worked on has, you know, touched someone who's so incredible, like someone who is such a, an inspiration to, I think like women everywhere. So yeah, I, I feel really like honored to, to be like a part of that, I guess. <laughs> Totally. I mean, you've made kind of the big time <laughs> with that reshare. Yeah. But also just like the idea that you've actually helped someone of her stature to become a backpacker in a way. Yeah. I mean, you've you've like ushered in a new person into this world of backpacking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been cool since then. Um, you know, this was just on a few days ago. And uh, since then, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey, I like found you through AOC. I'm really excited to watch your videos. And you know, the whole point of Miranda in the Wild, this channel with REI is to make backpacking and hiking not seem so intimidating to people. And so it's very cool to have this whole other um, group of people that are now interested that found us through someone like AOC. So pretty neat. Super cool. Super cool. So you do have a dream job. And (laughs) the burning question I have is how did you make this transition from being like a backpacker and outdoorsy person to working in the outdoor industry? You know, that's a great question. And actually, I kind of did things in reverse. So I was not particularly outdoorsy, or I wouldn't have considered myself to be. Um, Like I grew up, you know, playing outside. And I think what we think of now is like, you're just having like an outdoor childhood. I grew up that way. I grew up playing outside and biking but not in the uh, like quote unquote great outdoors. You know, we did some hiking as a family, but no camping. I was a Girl Scout, but you know, no backpacking. Um, And it wasn't until I was an REI employee and actually got that job because my sister was an REI employee and she and I are very close. And we literally just wanted to work together for a summer when she was back from college and I was about to go off to college. And so I got a job as a cashier at REI and I was like somewhat familiar with the store, but I was, you know, 18 years old and didn't really know too much about it. (laughs) And it was through my experience working as a cashier for a summer job that, you know, I met all these incredible people with so much experience and it just made the outdoors, the idea of the outdoors not seem like something that wasn't for me. It seemed like a place that I could enjoy versus something that's only for people who, you know, enjoy suffering and are like survivalists uh, or like, you know, Bear grills. So um, it just like really changed my my perspective on what the outdoors could be and like what type of people I think were enjoying like recreating in outdoor spaces. So yeah, it was, it was definitely my experience working at REI for a summer that got me very interested in the outdoors. And so I uh, didn't actually plan on going back to the store after that summer. I obviously did, but I did buy a bunch of hiking and backpacking gear and rented a lot of stuff and got advice from people and kind of like threw myself at it. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because you kind of embody the spirit of the type of person that the REI channel is after is like someone who's, you know, you kind of were in the outdoors, but they really want to introduce you and make it feel less scary to be a backpacker. Yeah. So who came up with the idea of Miranda in the Wild? I mean, did you go from being a cashier right to being the star host of a video? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. It's been a long, a long journey. And I've had just incredible people uh, help me through all of this. So 
like the short version of my story with REI is that I never intended to be a you know lifetime employee or like this be my career, but I just absolutely fell in love with the culture and the community of people at the store. And when I graduated from college, I moved up to New York and not just working at that flagship store just you know made me fall in love with REI and the outdoors even more, which is sort of ironic because in New York is not, there isn't a ton of, um, you know, big mountains and it's harder to get into like the actual woods from New York. Yeah. This is, you're talking about like downtown, like Soho in New, New York Soho, City. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like New York City. Yes. Yeah. I lived in Harlem. I lived in Washington Heights, just like living in New York and, and, you know, trying to find green spaces where I could and uh, getting, you know, up into Harriman State Park uh, just made me fall in love with the outdoors even more. Uh, and I, decided I really wanted to work for headquarters. And so I was working in visual merchandising at the time, which is like setting up stores. And I got to travel all around the country, setting up stores in in like all parts of the country. And basically just decided that I wanted to work for REI as a career forever. And so I drove out to Seattle from New York and essentially just like put myself in the way of a lot of people at headquarters and, um, eventually got a part-time job there. And while my like original intent to go out to, to Seattle didn't work out, like I didn't end up with the job that I was expecting there, I was lucky enough to have a really amazing producer who invited me to be a production assistant for like a location photography team. And so I worked as a, as a production assistant for a couple of years. And the whole like video thing kind of sprung out of this uh, moment where they needed we did, we used to do these product videos where you'd like talk about a product and you'd say like, you know, I'm Miranda from REI and this is, you know, some La Sportiva climbing shoe. And you just like explain the details of the product. And there was one day where I guess the people who were doing that were like hosting these videos, they were down a person. And so they asked if I'd be interested in just like stepping in and talking about a pair of shoes. Um, and I said, yeah, no problem. And I did. And, uh, it just was like a pretty natural and easy thing for me to do. And so I kept doing these occasional product videos and then did some like tip videos. And it wasn't until 2019 when my amazing creative producer who came to us from LA uh, kind of approached me and was like, would you be interested in hosting a, a YouTube series with REI? Uh, and I said, um, heck yeah, like that sounds awesome for sure. Uh, and then from there, we just started kind of the brainstorming process of like what it would be about, what I want to talk about. And, you know, the great thing about YouTube and about doing something like this is that you just kind of get to be yourself and talk about the things that matter and are important to you. And that's pretty much what we've done. I have to say I was incredibly lucky and I have so much gratitude for just everybody at REI who I encouraged me and kept trying to find like the right job for me and find the, the perfect position there because I just, I loved the co-op and I really wanted to stay. And, and I've, I've had just amazing groups of people to work with who've been so encouraging. So it's a huge part as well, just having an amazing team, I think. Oh, for sure. And that's what's so interesting about watching your videos. I mean, you're so personable. And as you say, you can just be yourself completely. I mean, I'm assuming it sounds as we're talking right now that this just is the person that I'm <laughs> seeing on the videos, the same person I'm talking to. I hope. <laughs> but you have producers and yeah. they often say things to you or correct <laughs> you or make you laugh. Um, um, who is working with you? And um, like how many people are there? What does it look like? We're a very small crew uh, and it varies depending on, on the video for sure. But generally speaking, it is me and my uh, one creative producer, Rainer, and then we have generally one, maybe two videographers, and that'll be it. So normally we're 
the largest crew that we have is around five people, including me, but normally it's just three of us. Okay. Now, do you write out what you're going to say? Is there a lot of planning or does it kind of grow organically? I love this question. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm, we're learning. I'm definitely like learning as I go. I do not write out what I'm going to say. I don't script it at all, but I do a lot of research beforehand. So there are plenty of times where I like haven't done enough research or I've thought that something would be better if I didn't know very much about it before the video. And that turns out to be wrong. Uh, but for the most part, it's just a lot of research and kind of running through again with my like my producer, who's really just there to like make sure that I say things clearly and concisely, which I don't often do, but <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of your charm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's a lot of just running through the video idea, what like what I want people to understand or learn from the end of it. Um, yeah. And really just the, the planning process is a lot of research and like repetition of what the key points are. And then from there, we just kind of have fun. Have you ever had any weird video fails? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I do. I do have some weird video fails. Um, yeah. So one of the very first videos that we filmed actually was, was like my attempt at a how to plan a backpacking trip video, which we actually refilmed and like recently put up on the YouTube channel. But the first time that we tried to do this, I had this idea in my head that I wanted to show how to plan a backpacking trip with someone who's never backpacked before. And then I would take my friend on a backpacking trip. And so I would just go through the process of planning our backpacking trip together. You know, I like wrote out the outline and I thought it was perfect. And this was before anything had ever gone up on YouTube. So we had no feedback from anybody about like what was working and what wasn't working. And uh, we started filming the video and I started the video by like choosing a trail, but I went through the entire process of like going onto the Washington Trails Association and like showing how to sort trails and talking about what types of trails I liked and what types of trails I didn't like. And it was probably like 45 minutes into filming that I think one of the videographers was like, what is this video about? And I was like, oh, how to plan a backpacking trip. Really great. This whole video has just been like how to use the Washington Trails website. So um, that was definitely like a pretty big fail. And we kind of just, uh, you know, we attempted to get through the rest of it, but it was it was bad. I had not like clearly thought through that. So we scrapped that. And then uh, a year later came back to it and did it, I think, better. So yeah, that was, that was a good lesson. I've read some of your articles, but I think video just has a really different kind of feel to it. Why do you think video works so well? Uh, I think for me personally, video works really well because a lot of these topics are very nuanced, you know, and there's not like one exact way to be a backpacker or one exact way to, uh, you know, pack your bag or go biking or whatever. So I think that video is great because we can kind of convey the like multitude of things that you can do in the outdoors and also show people that like to be someone who's quote unquote outdoorsy doesn't always look the same. So I think really being able to like see for a lot of people see themselves in the outdoors, whether it's, you know, not whether or not they look like me, if they like think the way that I do or have a feeling about something the way that I do, I think it just really helps to, to see that on video versus just like reading it. Um, and of course it's different for some people, you know, I think other people just want to like read the cold, hard facts. And I think that's totally fine. But for me, video works because I am able to like convey my opinions and my, my knowledge about something in like a much less eloquent way. I think maybe like the simple way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing that's kind of funny about 
backpacking, and maybe this is just me, but there's this this feeling like you have to be perfect. You have to look like those Patagonia ads, you know, or you have to have everything dialed in before you can go out. And so sometimes to see you like, you know, struggling to get over a log and looking sort of silly, right. we can relate to that. We connect and we can say, okay, look, if she's going to go on YouTube and look ridiculous, then it's okay if I have a little bit of trouble out there in the rain or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is completely true. And uh, something that I'm I'm really glad has happened with this series that I honestly don't think any of us expected. But I am not a like graceful backpacker. I'm not a perfect backpacker. I mess up all the time. And I think that most of us do. Um, and I think there can be a concern with video or with you know sharing knowledge that you have to be perfect. And I think that that is honestly kind of harmful to people's like growth in the outdoors, because if you feel like you have to be perfect when you go outside, then like, where do you start? You know, where do you begin? Because you're not going to start perfect. So I think being able to show people that even after like 10 years of working in the outdoor industry and of like selling people gear and having so many people share their knowledge with me, like even with that, there's still so much that I don't know and so much that I mess up. So I hope that by like showing people that and showing them that it's okay to not know things and it's okay to look silly, that people feel, you know, more comfortable to do the same in their own outdoor experiences. Miranda Webster is Miranda in the Wild, the host of REI's series of YouTube videos about all things backpacking. I'm a little bit more of an audio person, as you might have guessed, and I prefer to read rather than watch. But her videos make the learning piece so much fun, and I do learn. Like this one tip of using foot and body powder to wash my hair and then wrapping my hair in a buff before crawling into my sleeping bag. I mean, Miranda is the perfect combination of listing the facts that are really well-researched. I mean, she crams in a lot. And enjoying the process. When we come back... How many times can I say poop in this video? Poop, 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 poop poop. So many. (laughs) I'm Blissful Hiker, and this is Walking Distance from The Trek. Walking Distance is supported by John Reamer & Associates. On a backpack trip, you wouldn't think of heading out without a map, a compass, and a guidebook. Planning for a healthy financial future is much the same. It's a step-by-step process. And at John Reamer & Associates, you'll get personalized financial advice to help you reach your goals today and tomorrow. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Be inspired at johnremer.com. A private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, located in Minnesota with over 30 years of experience. This is Walking Distance from the Trek. Miranda Webster is the host of Miranda in the Wild, a series of educational YouTube videos from REI, covering topics as far-reaching as why you should wash your Gore-Tex to how to make a great cup of coffee outdoors. She's also covered one of the most important topics of all, how to relieve ourselves in the woods. And in doing so, she's inadvertently found a niche. Well, you know, in some ways, it's not what I would have expected. And otherwise, it's just like so typical. You know, if like you talk to my my mom or my sister, they're very much like, oh, yeah, of course, you've become like the poop lady. Like, of course, you know. <laughs> um, so I yeah, I kind of love it. I think we don't talk about these things very often uh, in the outdoors. And they're so important, you know. And I also feel like if you go backpacking with anybody, like 
one of the very first things you kind of have to do is like get over the concern of talking about poop because like inevitably you're going to have to go off and like dig a cat hole. So you have to be able to tell people, you know, where you're going, what you're doing. Right. So yeah, I, I don't mind it. I, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, why not? If that's going to be my signature thing is talking about, you know, bathroom and hygiene stuff and like kind of the gross things. I mean, fine, just fine by me. <laughs> I mean, how does REI respond to, I mean, obviously it has to be talked about. It's a subject that's really important, as you say, and it's, it is, it's serious, but how do they feel about sort of your approach to, you know, that you're, you're very natural about it. You have fun with it. Do they, do they like that? Is it, does it work for them? Or they have sat you down and said, we need to be much more scientific here. You know, no, no one has ever sat me down and said, I need to be more scientific. I, um, I'm, you know, I know I keep saying this, but, and obviously I love REI because I've worked for REI for a decade, but I have just been, I have amazing coworkers. I have incredible people. And so I think that no one's ever told me to be more scientific. I think there have been times that they've told me to like say something in maybe a more understandable way, you know, that like something that everyone will understand versus, um, you know, some people maybe being turned off by my, I was going to say potty talk, but I'm not a four-year-old, but whatever the, you know, the word would be for that. <laughs> but no, I've never been asked to approach anything in a, in a more scientific way. Um, we do always laugh about, you know, people commenting on my like conversations around poop and, and also periods. I think that that's been a really big one is just like managing periods, but like inevitably people now will be like, I can't believe Miranda didn't burp or talk about poop in this video. Or like, wow, it was you know five minutes in before she said poop. And like, that's just been this kind of running joke of like something that we never expected or anticipated. And now has become, you know, something where we'll, we'll be in edits for videos and I'll like beg my producer to take out a burp. And he's like, no, no, it's staying in for sure. Like people want to see it. <laughs> so, Right. There's a lot of burping. There's a lot of bleeping there's, of yes. a few swear words here and there. I mean, how is that okay? I mean, is this in your contract? Look, this is <laughs> going to be the way it is. I'm going to be myself. It's not. That's not in my contract, but I just haven't gotten in trouble yet. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I think we all kind of realize that people like want to relate to these videos. They want to feel like they, uh, you know, it's like it's much easier to get through to people and to teach people something when they feel like they're talking to a friend. Um, and that's kind of always been my goal is just to like talk to the camera and talk to the viewers like I talk to my friends. And honestly, that's like exactly what you get. So I think anybody who is, uh, who's friends with me, or like I said, my family will say this just kind of exactly that way. Um, so yeah, if, if, if people don't like me and there's plenty of people who don't, um, you know, viewers who don't like care for my approach and don't like find me very palatable and, I think that's okay. You know, um, it's, it's unrealistic to expect everyone to like you or to uh, like relate to what you're saying, but I hope that we're at least relatable to enough people or that like my series is relatable to enough people that, um, you know, people keep like watching and learning. That's really all I can plan for. Do you have a favorite video that you've shot? I mean, I really love your hygiene one in particular. <laughs> you don't mind showing us your armpits. Yeah. Yeah. No, no shame for sure. <laughs> Gosh, do have a favorite video? Um, so I really enjoyed the $200 backpacking video because that was the very first outdoor adventure style video that we did. The series hadn't even launched yet. We'd only filmed for one week, I think. We'd gotten like a couple of tip videos done. Uh, one of them just completely did not work. And we were just sort of starting these six starting phases of uh, filming. And doing that video was 
just like an incredible opportunity and an incredible experience. And I think to, to film that and then have the pandemic hit and kind of wait for, for quite a long time before we really saw a first cut of it. Uh, I have like a lot of fond memories working on that. So seeing it come to life and seeing it, you know, go out and have people respond so positively to it. I think that that would be my, my favorite just because there's a lot of, a lot of history there, you know? Um, and with the, the two people, Abby and Rainer, who are in that crew, uh, working with them was just like such a gift. They were so fantastic and we were absolutely still learning. And, um, you know, it's, I don't like come from a YouTube background. So uh, a lot of this is still very new to me. And that, that video was just a really awesome opportunity to get out an adventure. And then of course, seeing the positive response to it helped us think about videos for the future and, you know, plan more adventure style videos for sure. You know, just for people listening, this particular video, you're spending only $200 to do a backpack trip and get all of your gear. Um, but some of it's, you know, used or some of it's from thrift store. And you kind of you kind of manage, but you do look very 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's nothing wrong with that. I quite liked that look, actually. <laughs> I had that backpack. That's my backpack. <laughs> Finding that backpack was very, very cool. The people in the thrift store gave me slightly odd looks as I like oohed and odd over it. But uh, yeah, it was that was a quite the find. <laughs> How do you balance like your personal trips with your adventures for Miranda in the wild? Um, right now I kind of don't balance them very well. <laughs> uh, I love my job so much. Like I love the work that I get to do. And so in some ways it like almost doesn't feel like work. And so I think oftentimes the trips that we're doing for Miranda in the wild are trips that I want to do and like places that I want to go backpacking. Um, you know, I'm doing a backpacking trip next week and I've been like texting with my videographer to try and pick a trail and she and I are friends and it just like, they feel like personal trips, even though obviously there's a ton of work that goes into these, but I just enjoy it so much that at this point in time, I don't really have much of a work-life balance because my work just feels like just absolute joy to me. I think with that being said, uh, you know, again, <laughs> I took my entire response to all this is just be like, uh, raving about how much I love REI, but I've been really lucky to be with REI for so long that I'm able to like take time off. And so I've had the chance to, uh, you know, go on like climbing road trips. I think that's something that we don't really talk about in, in the show at all yet, but I'm a huge rock climber. I am really big into bouldering and I spend a lot of time climbing uh, during the week and on the weekends. So that's kind of like, like my personal trips tend to mostly be climbing trips because that's not really part of Miranda in the wild. And then the trips that we get to take to go backpacking, all the, the research that I do and with the gear, they also include backpacking trips that you don't see on video. So yeah, I guess I, I don't really balance it because at this point I don't yet need to, which I'm probably going to like look back and listen to this and be like, I should have known, but right now, uh, yeah. No, it is, it is a really a dream job. I wonder if being a well-known figure in the outdoor industry, has that changed any of your experiences in the outdoors? Do people recognize you when you're outdoors? I love this question. I actually read this question because you, you sent it to me and I read it out loud to my, my partner, Sky, and I was like, I don't think that this has changed my experience in the outdoors at all. And he kind of gave me a, like a look. He was like, I don't think that's true. Um, yeah, it has happened occasionally that people will will recognize me. Uh, you know, with the pandemic, like we're all wearing masks. So I'm a little bit like uh, in disguise outside or at the gym where people like don't really see my face. The coolest moment was someone recognized my dog 
uh, and was like, is this Nala? And I was like, yeah, it's Nala. And they, you know, pet Nala. And then as they were leaving, they were like, bye Miranda. So definitely they were there for my dog, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest change or like the biggest way that it's affected me is that uh, it's definitely made me think a lot more about my actions and my like choices in the outdoors. Uh, and just trying to think about like being a role model as much as possible, which I think that we all should do, you know, we should like all be thinking that way, but having like a, a bit of a spotlight on me and I'm still very like small potatoes, you know, it's not, it's nothing huge yet, but just having like more of a spotlight and, and, you know, the reality being that like someone might recognize me, especially out here on the trails. Um, it makes me want to just make sure that I, I am like up to date on all of the trail regulations on, what backpackers have to do, the rules, parking rules, all of that stuff. Um, and it's just made me like a much more diligent researcher. So that's been, that's been the big, big change. So do you have any advice for others who are looking to break into the outdoor industry? I mean, they may not be able to do exactly what you're doing, but, you know, working and and finding this kind of fulfillment where they're saying, you know, I don't really need to worry about work-life balance because I love my job so much. Yeah. You know, I think finding a, a mentor in the outdoor industry is really helpful. Uh, like finding someone who can advocate for you, I think is a great way to like break into the outdoor industry if it's like where you want to work. Uh, but I realized that that's not super realistic for everybody. Um, I was lucky to have, again, my, my sister and then some just incredible women that I've worked with over the years who have been absolutely fantastic mentors. But I think, yeah, finding someone who can kind of mentor you in the outdoors would be my recommendation. If it's not somebody locally, just like using groups either through social media or even like reaching out to REI through classes and trips or other like local, you know, guided organizations that are close to you. I think that's a great way to build a community in the outdoors. And inevitably you'll meet somebody who works in the outdoor industry. And I think having having that kind of mentorship can be really helpful. If everything, you know, all the stars aligned, what would your career look like beyond Miranda in the wild? I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I've thought about that a lot. I'm not sure yet. And I think I still have the gift of time to figure that out. As it stands, I don't like ever want my job to change. Uh, and I'm really excited for some of the upcoming opportunities that I have and just, uh, you know, people that have reached out that are, are in support of what we're doing, like what, or what I'm doing with the series and what we're doing as a team. So I think right now I just don't want any, any aspect of my job to change. I don't ever plan on retiring and just want to keep doing this forever. So we'll see how that goes. Miranda Webster, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Miranda in the Wild is the kind of hiking partner all of us would like. She's well-prepared, knowledgeable, able to explain things in a way we enjoy and maybe most important, we remember. And she does not appear to take herself too seriously. What I like is that she came to backpacking as an adult and knows what it's like starting out and can talk to us at that beginner level, while also able to talk about some of the more advanced topics like zero-waste backpacking and winter camping, and a lot of these while she's out in the field. You can follow Miranda on YouTube and on Instagram. We always love to hear from you. You can drop us a line at walkingdistanceatthetrek.co. And if you love what you hear, please tell your friends. You can subscribe to Walking Distance wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple, go ahead and rate and review us. That helps others find the podcast. 
And thanks again to today's title sponsor, Gosmer Gear, manufacturers of high-quality, lightweight backpacking gear and accessories, and my choice for the Continental Divide Trail. You can save 15% off your next order at gossamergear.com. Just use the code WALKINGDISTANCE, all one word, and you'll get 15% off your next order at gossamergear.com. Our theme music was composed by Daniel Nass. And thanks so much to Zach Davis, Tina Mullen, and Jackie Marusiak. I'm Blissful Hiker, and you've been listening to Walking Distance from The Trek. Mm-hmm.